A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long with a bunch of beans. Really believe that human beings are demons. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no, he is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in his son. Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name. Get out here right now. Got no sin in your life, it's a good time to die. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 75. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. So, The Pastor's Dog, The Master's Dog, not The Pastor's Dog, <laughs> The Master's Dog is a podcast where I bark a lot. Uh, when God's truth is attacked, I respond. And so that was what this is all about. It's dealing with false teachers. It is dealing with um, anything. And I'm willing to take your suggestions because for the most part, and it was inspired by the uh, podcast Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Mormons, they started a segment called Faith and Beliefs. And I made a commitment to respond to every one of those episodes uh, to bring truth because, again, Mormonism is a heretical teaching as I grew up in it, and I'm committed to uh, fighting against whatever lies they tell. And so that was the inspiration. It expanded. It grew a little more more later on to deal with all kinds of false teachers, um, false teachings. We do the false teacher of the week uh, segment of this podcast every Saturday morning. I do a new false teacher. And so, again, I'm really willing to take your suggestions on those. If you have something, if you've seen something that is just 
an outright attack against the, the gospel of Christ, send it to me and I'll take a look at it, research it, study it and respond to it. Um, if you have a false teacher, you'd like me to add to the list of false teachers of the week. I will do that. Just send those. You can, ooh, excuse me. You can put those in the comments below. You can follow me on Facebook at the master's dog uh, or on Twitter at the master's dog, um, Facebook, Norm Dunham, uh, or you can even email me evangelical norm at gmail.com any of those places you can get in touch with me uh while we're talking about it hit the subscribe button below um hit the notifications you'll get all the different podcasts that i do i do a lot um i'm, I'm trying to be the ryan seacrest of the christian podcasting world that might not be a good thing but um so today we are back with our friends from saints unscripted uh david is going to tell us a little bit about what the mormons believe about hell and i actually this was an interesting video because there was a couple of things that kind of threw me off and it really does kind of highlight the differences between what was taught about hell when i was a member of the lds church 20 plus years ago and either and i i say this with a the the um you know, with the, the caveat that it's either what they are teaching now is different or just what they are proclaiming that they teach, which is, I think, more likely is different than what we were publicly making statements of 20 some years ago as Mormons, as I was a Mormon then. So here we go. Without further ado, our friend David, and he's going to tell us all about what the Mormons think about uh, hell. Hey guys, so in the past we've talked about some of the unique beliefs members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have about heaven, but we haven't done a whole lot on what Latter-day Saints believe about hell. What it is, who's going there, is it eternal, is it not, will there be cookies, all very important questions, so let's get to it. Alright, so first of all, do Latter-day Saints believe in hell? Yes, absolutely. But, and this is a big but, our beliefs about hell are probably a little... Okay. I know I make comments about their little inserted little snippets of comedy. That's really dumb. And um, this is one of those things where it, it really does change, or it, it shows the difference. Because when I was a Mormon... I, and you would ask me that question, do Mormons believe in hell? I would have said absolutely not. Because we did not. And it was stated that we did not. And it was taught that we did not. We believed in three levels of heaven, spirit prison until you go to one of the three levels of heaven, and then outer darkness. We didn't consider hell and outer darkness to be synonymous. We thought that hell was a false teaching and uh, the outer darkness was more accurate. So, and don't do the big butt thing. That's so stupid. <clears throat> a little different than you're used to. Wow, that's a pretty big butt. The church's website explains very simply, Latter-day Revelation Again. speaks of hell in at least two senses. First, it is the temporary abode in the spirit world for those who were disobedient in mortality. 
Second, it is the permanent location of those who are not redeemed by the atonement of Jesus Christ. So let's work through each of those two definitions. First, we have the temporary abode in the spirit world for those who were disobedient in mortality. We've talked about the spirit world in past episodes. After we die, we believe our spirits go to a sort of spiritual waiting room, for lack of a better term, where we wait for the resurrection, millennium, and final judgment. While there, those who didn't have the opportunity to learn the gospel in this life will have the opportunity. You mean like in summer school? Okay. Now that is actually something, that is a heretical teaching. That is something, that is one of the things that sets Mormonism completely aside from mainstream Christianity because the Bible makes it very clear it is appointed once for man to die and then judgment. There is no second opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus, and there's nothing biblical that would ever give that indication. There's no verse in the Bible. This is all extra biblical. This is all stuff that had to be made up and literally partially was believed to be made up because Joseph wanted to, uh, Joseph Smith wanted to, um, leave some, some anxiety from his mother with the baby brother that died and that there were Baptist pastors that were saying that baby wasn't going to heaven because he was never baptized and so on and so forth. And then Joseph came up with this idea of the opportunity to be baptized after death and so on, uh, for, uh, and be able to respond to the gospel again to, to show that, Oh, well he could go to heaven. That's not a final, uh, thing, but it truly is scripturally. That's it. Once you're dead, you don't have another opportunity. It is, one, it is appointed once for man to die and then judgment. It, it doesn't get any plainer than that statement. Exactly. <laughs> Those who did not take advantage of Jesus Christ's atonement and repent of their sins during mortal life or when they learn the gospel in the spirit world will have to pay for their own sins in the spirit world. Not so fast, buddy. You ain't paid yet. Pay? Pay. The law of justice requires that somebody's got to pay. Now, Christ already paid for everything, but if you don't accept that gift via repentance, the bill is yours. We're really not sure what that payment will look like, though it will be hellish. Do you hear? That is the sound of ultimate suffering. But we do. Okay, let me just deal with that a little bit too. <laughs> that it's a it's a kind of a sticky uh, issue, even in in Christianity. Of did Christ pay for? Every sin, you know, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, that the sin of the world was laid upon Christ and, and so on. And did he pay for all of that? If Jesus, here's the thing, if we're going to talk justice and we're going to talk perfect justice, if Jesus paid for everything, then everybody gets to go to heaven, no matter what. Jesus paid it all and that would be it. Or... We look at the fact that the, 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 the sacrifice of Christ is effective only to those who respond. We can get into the, the topic of Calvinism later. Um, limited atonement is what that it falls under. And, and it's not that the Christ's atonement is li limited in its uh, effectiveness. It's limited in its application. Only those, so those who repent and put their faith in trial. Christ will have that. So it's not like suddenly, oh, well, you know, Jesus paid for that, but you didn't know. It is Jesus paid for the sins of those who repent and put their trust in him. 
and then those others will pay because then we don't run into this issue of well if jesus paid it all why isn't it you know that would not be justice if the if the excuse me if the penalty was paid and well you just didn't it's just a weird situation uh to say that Jesus paid for everything. Jesus paid for the sins of those who repent and put their trust in him. Because, I mean, this teaching leads to the whole issue of everybody in the world getting to one level of heaven or not. And so that brings you to the discussion of that I had with a Mormon one time of whether or not, you know, well, as Christians, we believe we can repent any time after no matter what we've done. And God will forgive us if the repentance is true. And he was like, well, does that mean I can go get on that bus and I can chop up a bunch of people and then repent and I'm good? I'm like, well, that's not really the, you know, the attitude of a repentant person. But yes, God forgives murderers. And then as the conversation went on and we were talking about hell, he said, well, I don't believe a loving God would send anyone to hell. I said, so you're telling me I can go get on that bus, chop up a bunch of people with an axe and never repent. And I get to go to one level of heaven or another. Because that is the, the that is what happens when you take the atonement of Christ applied to everybody across the board attitude is that everybody gets to go to heaven. It's a universalist attitude where we look at what is more accurately applied in the Bible is that Christ's atonement is effective for those who... Uh, that it's available to all who will repent and it's effective for those who do. Does that make sense? You believe that this spirit world hell will be temporary. Eventually everyone will be resurrected and most everyone will inherit a spot somewhere in heaven in accordance with their level of obedience in this life. Read that as even those who are murderers and horrible people, whether they repent or not, will get to go to one level of heaven or another. Here's the people who get to go to what they now will actually refer to as hell or what I was always taught of as outer darkness. Hell number two, the permanent location of those who are not redeemed by the atonement of Jesus Christ. In our faith, we call this group of people sons or daughters of perdition. We've done a whole episode on this group of people in the past, so I won't dive too deeply into this today. Okay. Sons, or this is the other thing that, that kind of threw me in this video. Until watching this with David, I've never heard daughters of perdition included in any way in this. Um, again, it may be a change in attitude. If you look at former LDS teaching, the only people who can be at truly sons of perdition are men and and so on and so to throw in daughters in this is a completely new uh teaching this is not anything that i have ever heard in my life as an L person a member of the lds church or beyond until right now and maybe somebody else has taught it and i've just missed it but until right now daughters of perdition has never been anything that has existed if i'm wrong go ahead and, and shoot me a correction and i'll admit it i'm willing to do so but as far as my research in mormonism and so on at this point i've never heard a statement like that ever been made it sufficeth to say that these are the people who have a perfect knowledge of Christ, not just faith, but actual knowledge, and consciously choose to reject Christ and his atoning sacrifice anyway. 
That's the evilest thing I can imagine! After the resurrection, the few people who qualify for this group will join Satan and his fallen angels in a hell we call outer darkness. There they will stay, as far as we know, forever. 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 Be careful, though, with the term outer darkness, because sometimes, for instance, the one time it's used in the Book of Mormon, it's actually referring to the temporary spirit world meaning of hell instead of the permanent post-resurrection hell we're talking about now. Oftentimes, it takes some critical reading skills to figure out what the scriptures mean when they're talking about hell. And that's especially true when it comes to the Bible. There's a lot of discussion among Christians about what the Bible... Okay, let's deal with that topic for just a second, too. Um... The fact that the, the term outer darkness is also used for the other hell, um, this is what happens when you just make stuff up. This is this is literally, and, and again, because another thing that uh, the Mormons, uh, well, the LDS Church, Joseph Smith, had mentioned at one point in time is in, I want to say it's in Doctrine and Covenants, he talks about salvation being eternal burnings. Um, I, I wish I had looked up that verse. I wish I actually had my my doctrine and covenants close enough to where I could check it. But, uh, cause I think I have it marked in there. Uh, Joseph referred to, uh, salvation as eternal burnings. Um, and this is one of those things where I'm like, that doesn't sound like that sounds like hell to me, eternal burnings. And then also in the book of Mormon, the term eternal burnings is used as something that God snatched Nephi away from. So, why would you want to be snatched away from something that is considered salvation, but really, really sounds like eternal damnation? When you make stuff up, you end up with a lot of contradictions. Bible means when it talks about hell, and really smart, logical people come to different conclusions on this subject. For example, here's part of the problem. In the original Hebrew and Greek scriptures, there were multiple terms that in English we have lumped together and all translated as hell. For example, in the New Testament, the Greek word we've translated as hell was Hades. But there's another word in Greek that also has been translated as hell, Gehenna. Gehenna is a reference to an actual place outside of Jerusalem where children were sacrificed to the idolatrous god Moloch. Later, the site was used as a trash heap where things were perpetually burned. Gehenna is used in the Bible as a metaphor for the future suffering of the wicked. And there's a lot of discussion about different ways people interpret those references that we won't get into here. What is generally accepted is that Gehenna and Hades were different things, even though in English we call them both hell. They're two different senses of hell. Revelation 20 highlights this really well. Death and Hades, hell, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. <laughs> This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In other words, if the lake of fire is an obvious reference to hell, then Hades, which will be cast into the lake of fire, must be something a little different. Many believe that Hades simply refers to the temporary destination of the disembodied spirits of the dead, whether wicked or righteous, where they will wait until the resurrection and final judgment. If you're a Latter-day Saint, you'll notice that that interpretation of Hades sounds an awful lot like what we simply call the spirit world. In fact, Joseph Smith once said, Hades, the Greek, or Sheol, the Hebrew, these two significations mean a world of spirits. Hades, Sheol, paradise, spirits in prison are all one. It is a world of spirits. 
Latter-day Saints believe that after his crucifixion, Christ visited Hades or the spirit world and organized a missionary effort there among the righteous who were then enabled to teach the gospel to the others in Hades who didn't have the opportunity to hear the gospel during mortality. And we talk a lot more about that in this video. But in addition to what the Bible teaches about hell, Latter-day Saints are certainly grateful for the Book of Mormon and modern revelation that elucidates some of these doctrines a bit more. There's a quick rundown of what Latter-day Saints believe about hell. There's a lot more that could be said about this topic, so check out the links and notes in the description, and have a great day. Alright, so, um, again, just, if you saw my false teacher of the week this week it was um, Pope Francis anytime you can rely on anything outside of the Bible or modern revelation any of those things you basically get a la carte religion you can do whatever you want and go well you know we have a modern day prophet that over overrules the Bible God has said he preserved his word so that we would have his word and he's not going to contradict his word when you start teaching things like that hell is only temporary, Mark Bell, or Rob Bell, Mark Bell, Rob Bell, um, it violates, it goes against what the word of God says. It literally contradicts Jesus himself in saying that, that there, hell is it. You, you've got this world to make this, uh, to be saved. And once you go beyond it, that's it. You're done. It is, it is one of two options, heaven or hell. It is why we preach the gospel now and we make such a big deal about talking about the fact that unless you repent of your sin and put your faith in what Je the work that Jesus did on the cross, none of your own, then you will not be saved and you will have to endure that, that eternal conscious torment. And not an eternal conscious torment that is inflicted by caricatures of, of demons and devils, but literally living for eternity under the, wrath, under the wrath of a holy and righteous God. And we don't want to see that happen. But the gospel that is preached in the Mormon church cannot save you from that hell. The gospel that is preached in the Catholic church cannot save you from that hell. It is only in what the Bible says, the true orthodox. And then, again, there are a lot of denominations of Christianity that fall into orthodoxy. And so I'm not just saying that my church is the only way to go. If you're in Ogden, you should come to Refuge. <laughs> I encourage that. There's a couple, of, there's a lot of good churches in Ogden. We've got, we've got, we're blessed to have a few more better, of the better churches in the state of Utah. Redemption, um, you know, there's some, some really good churches here in Ogden brand new church going up out in Syracuse that you should check out, Dar Darren Caldwell's, and I can't remember the name. I'm sorry, Darren. Um, Grace Community, maybe something. Some, so, something Grace. There's The word Grace is in the name of the church. I'll make that all better next time. Um, but yeah, so finding a Bible-believing church that truly preaches the true gospel of Christ, um, that you are saved by grace through faith, um, no works of your own by Christ alone. That is where salvation lies. And you can't find it in these false gospels and false religions that teaches you about works or that you can be saved after you're dead, because that's going to be a horrible thing to find out to live your life. Hearing these people go, well, you know, I'll have the option opportunity to accept it when I'm dead. And then again, going back to that whole issue of sons of perdition, 
According to Mormon teaching, when I was growing up, the only way to have a perfect, true knowledge of Christ is to have accepted the gospel of Mormonism, to be baptized, to have that manifest, the burning in your bosom, and to hold the priesthood. And only those who have held the Mormon priesthood and renounced the Mormon priesthood, hi, are going to be sons of perdition and cast into the lake of fire. According to what I've always heard and read in Mormon teachings, women can't go because they cannot hold the priesthood. So there's a little deceiving going on there on, on David's part, unless someone can send me something that, to contradict what I know. And then I'll let you know if I, if I do receive that correction and have to admit that I'm wrong. So thanks, guys. Thanks for, uh, I hope this was helpful. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.